Hello, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I am your host, Caspa. And I am your other hostess, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because, as always, Wednesdays are for podcasts. Hey guys, we have a guest with us today for the first time. Our little man Chucky sitting over here, chilling in Yay! our first podcast, his first podcast. Round of applause! Yay! He obviously is not going to speak, and if he did, we would cut this podcast very short. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, actually, you know, guys, you've been asking me. He doesn't move. He doesn't talk. Um, he's just, he's just a doll. He doesn't do anything. Um, he better not. There's a church right down the street, so. <laughs> If he it did, he's not supposed to do anything. So if he did something, no. we checked his back. There is no battery pack. There's no. He's just stuffing. <laughs> it's just stuffing. He's, he's not anything. Um, actually, we were just talking about this when we go to the boarding house in a couple weeks. I literally looked at him and I said, "You better not fucking move." Uh uh-uh, uh no. If you turn and look at me, I'm fucking done. Like I just, I can't handle that. We're gonna have all kinds of problems. But we tried him in the baby carrier. And he, and he totally fits, fits guys. He fits. Like, so well it's ridiculous. And I have a lot of back problems. And that baby carrier is really comfortable. She wants to wear it for support because it probably helps her back. It gave me so much back support that I was like, if you would like me to carry the child all day, I'm <laughs> Perfectly fine with that. We'll just switch days We'll just switch off. days. We'll, we'll, yeah, switch, we'll days. switch days. So you get a whole day of back support. <laughs> like this. You're like, oh, Good man. lumbar for the traps. <laughs> and <laughs> he just he just chills. He's just, he perfectly fits in. And he's literally the size of about a 16 to 18 month old child. Like, no joke. Guys, he so, is so stinking cute. He I is mean, adorable. I cannot get over how adorable he is. Like, literally, from his little teeth to his freckles down to his little shoes. Like, you can take his shoes off when he's wearing socks, and we're I, gonna buy him. We're gonna buy him socks. Like, we're gonna you know, what we should themes. do. We should get him Salem socks or Lizzie Borden socks. Oh, we're doing themes. We're going all out. Like, we're doing everywhere we go. He's getting socks. He's getting Fourth of July socks. He's getting <laughs> Halloween and Christmas. socks. Socks. This motherfucking bitch is gonna be. He not only does he have better hair than me already, but <laughs> he's gonna be like sporting all the shit because we're gonna. Honestly, I want to do prom like promotional pictures with him for every single holiday. Oh, definitely. So he's gonna have like he's gonna be completely decked out. If you want to, don't fuck with the original Christmas card. Uh... Oh my god, how cute! <laughs> we should take him to meet Santa. <laughs> His Christmas card is him sitting on Santa's lap with a little Santa hat on. People are going to think we're fucking crazy. <laughs> like, excuse me, sir. We actually don't have a child. We just want you to hold him real quick. Can we take a picture? Thank you. <laughs> they do. Well, we are literally going to should... be considered that woman in Cult of Chucky. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. We are going to be that woman. I've been giving that a lot of thought. Because I was like, it's so we're funny that you said that. Because, like, he's going to be sucking our titties. Yeah. Well, no. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I got you fucked up. Damn it! Well, yeah. Well, no. Wait, well, no, wait a minute. No. No. Um, <laughs> totally joking, by the way. No. That's not happening. No. No. We will be breast pumping. 
That bitch's motherfucking titty you're was gonna, you're gonna bite was me. bleeding <laughs> too. Jesus. We will be breast and pumping. And she's like, this is fine. I'm like, bitch. What was the way he was like, you gotta suck titty today. He's like, you beat all of us. That made me think too much about the witch and the bird. Oh, the bird. Mm. Guys, I can't know anything with nipples being bleeding and uh-uh. No. Leave my nipple alone, no, y'all. Leave, leave it alone. The nipple alone. Don't be no. biting my fucking nipple, making no. it bleed. We ain't all this? that. We ain't <laughs> all that. Are you hearing this, sir? No, for real. I was thinking about that. If you guys have seen Chucky, uh, Chucky, what? If you've seen Cult of Chucky, uh, the woman who thinks that he's her baby. Yeah. I've been thinking about that, too, because I'm like, Me we're too. literally that woman. Me, too. Obviously, we are not clinically insane, and we know he's not real, but... Well, I mean, you're not clinically insane, but... <laughs> also, we're not in an actual Chucky movie where he actually is real, so it's actually a little bit, like, weird, because it's like, we're not actually insane... And he's not real, but in the movie, he actually is real. So it's like, she wasn't insane, because he was real. It's like an alternate (laughs) universe. It's an alternate Chuck universe. We're the alternate ending. We're the alternate... (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Anyway, guys, we went on a Chucky tangent for six minutes now. Yeah, we're just excited about it. He's cute, guys. I've been posting pictures of him, um, and I'm going to do some more promotional pictures of him tomorrow. I'll post him playing video games. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's literally one of the best things I've ever owned. I, I just, I love him. I've been taking him pretty much everywhere with me, besides work every day, but... I never thought I would be so partial to a doll ever. And this this thing. I was literally telling Becky. I was like, I where was I? I was somewhere and I couldn't have him with me. And I was like having separation. Like I missed him. Guys, she's seriously, she's having like parental anxiety. Like it really does happen. It really does happen. I was like, how the fuck do I miss this shit that doesn't even talk? He doesn't move. He doesn't do shit. But if he's not in the room with me, I'm sad. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Probably because he is the closest thing to, like, something that I've owned slightly, like... I mean, I've had pets, but I've never had, like, a cat or a dog. Uh, the cats that I have aren't mine. They're my roommates. So this is, like, the first thing I've ever had that's been, like, partially mine. Where I right. can, like, quote-unquote, like, take pictures of it, doing stuff. Right. And, so it's almost like an actual being even though he even though it's the best being there is because he doesn't eat he doesn't poop he doesn't cry he just sits there well I like for a while went through a phase where like and I still sort of want one they're just so expensive um I really wanted one of those wolf babies oh those wolf yeah pups. I was like oh my yeah. god I'm sure you guys just google it I know some of you half of you are going oh my god they're so freaking cute and the other half of you are like bitch what the fuck like well, I'd say already they're like, bitch, what the fuck? When I'm like, I literally missed him. I was like texting you doll. like, I miss him. He's a fucking doll. And I told her, I was like, that's a real thing, though. So, like, you're fine. I really am that fucking you're, woman. You're not crazy at all. Like, you're totally rational. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You guys, I'm going to have to fucking commit myself. God damn. It's fine. I'm fine. Fine. I'm fine. <laughs> 
I literally carry him on my hip like a child. Have you seen me do that? Yes, I have. Yeah, I'll carry him on my hip. And someone said, did you have a diaper on him? And I was like, no, he's actually just shaped like that. But no, that's just the way he's shaped. He's got a diaper booty. Got a little diaper booty. That booty, though. That booty. Anyway, so we actually do have a true crime Mm -hmm. podcast tonight. (laughs) I love it. Well, I was thinking to myself, I'm glad that we were going to open up making this light because we are really going to go into some dark controversial sub controversial subject matter. Um, you know, it's funny. Like I talked to my hubby about doing this and like, we had a really long talk about it and he was sort of like, wow, you know, that's a deep thing because that's going to really hit a lot of people. Are you sure you guys want to touch on it? And I'm like, yeah, because I think especially the three that we picked are, are, they're all similar crimes. Like all three of them killed their children, but like one of them in particular, especially is so different from the others because you actually, you, you sympathize with her. You really, really, really do. So, you know, it's really sad. We don't have children, um, you know, but of course we love kids and we have nieces and nephews and, you know, love them to pieces. But, um, you know, I knew that, a lot of people who have children, if any of you listening have children or are pregnant, you know, it's, it's a, this is going to be a touchy thing. Cause you're like, how in the world could a mother, a mother of all things, it's something so hard for just any everyday person to imagine, but especially an, a mother and a damn good mother. If you really love and care about your children, this is unimaginable. You would never think this would happen. And I know it, we could have very easily have done Casey Anthony. I mean, everybody and their mother knows about the Casey Anthony case and Kaylee and, you know, how horrible that turned out because she was found not guilty. And if you're like me and pretty much everybody else in the world, you know that bitch killed her kid yep. or at least had somebody else do it and she's covering the shit up. She's a fucking liar. She has something to do she's with it. She's a fucking liar. Everything yep. that came out of her mouth was a lie. Everything came in her mouth. So, like, there's been enough done about her that I think enough of us are familiar with. And I just can't stand her. So I just didn't even want to touch on that subject. But honestly, three, one of them, one of these three, I'm pretty. Oh, and I'm pretty sure I know who it is. You Because I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. Both yeah. show. You and I are in agreement on that one. But. Anyway, so we know enough about the Casey Anthony story, but I think these three are really interesting because not only did they happen quite a long time ago, so even if some of you are familiar, some of you may be like, oh, I've never even heard of them before. So that was another reason why I wanted to do it. But the other big reason, of course, was like I said, one in particular, you just are like, oh my God, this poor, poor, poor woman. Like what she did was God awful. you Definitely, I'm not going to justify killing your kids. But when you come to an understanding of why she did it, you're like, whoa, it's 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 so mind blowing. It's really sad. Like her story is just so sad. So her story touches my heart. If any of you, um, you know, I gave this a lot of thought and I thought to myself, you know, obviously we want people to listen to our podcast. We do want you to enjoy them. Um, We will try to make them as 
fun. I don't want to say fun, but you know, like you know, try to make them as lighthearted, not too down in the dumps. Because it's kind of like when really we talk touch, about Ted touchy. Bundy, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer we'll, we'll talk about funny and, things here and there, right. just to keep the mood light. light. Exactly, because this is very dark stuff. And I was gonna say, if you are a mother and some of this does get too heavy for you, and you do want to turn it off, like we more than. I can totally understand that. And I'm, we're not going to go into a lot of detail about how a lot of them, them happen because we know their children. I'm not going to go into, and I don't feel like we go into a lot of gory detail anyway, even in past We pretty months. much scratch the surface. We try to scratch a lot of that stuff because you can pretty much think in your, if you look your at the imagination pictures online or your imagination in itself is. worse than what we say. Yeah. You're going to run with it. So yeah. again, if it does get too touchy, if you are a mother and a parent and you're like, okay, I don't think I can listen to this. Totally understand if you want to turn it off, but again, we're not going to dive too deep or go too gory. We're going to breeze through that really quickly, and then we'll try to keep it as light as possible. Trying to keep. Sorry. Okay. Some Sum 41 for you. Love it. Wait, is that Sum 41? That was Sum 41. Okay. It totally was. I love it. I was like, wait, did I fuck up? No, you didn't. (laughs) So proud of you. Girl, I tell you, I'm in touch with my 90s. I love this. I may have been only six in 99, but I'm in touch with my 90s. (laughs) All right, guys. So we are going to start off with a woman named Susan Smith. Um, Now, she, a lot of you, so I've actually been talking to some people, and a lot of people know what these women did, Mm -hmm. but they don't know their actual names. Um, so long, basically long story short, she left her kids in a car and let the car roll into a lake and they drowned. Yeah. A lot of people. Cause I know like, yeah. I, I don't know if somebody may have told me this. I don't think I remember seeing it, but like, this was even like parodied on Saturday Night Live. Like this is, was this it? is some, yeah. Like made, made a um, <laughs> okay, that's not something to joke think, about. I think but... even, uh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Not Saturday Night Live. It was a comic. It was a comic, but it wasn't done on Saturday Night Live. I should say, though, this was a very dark comic, and the context of the joke... The context of the joke actually is pretty funny, but, of course, it's a very... He's like, I heard those kids were terrible. I heard they were bad kids. I heard they sat too close to the TV. I heard they didn't eat all the vegetables. Those kids will not be missed. Like, he was... Oh, my God! If any of you are Joe Rogan fans out there, you will know exactly what about okay, well, that's kind of funny. It was see, thank you. It was a funny. So that's what I'm saying. People, I'm that person who hears those jokes <laughs> I know, and I laugh and at them. It's like that one joke that said, um, <laughs> "How does Jeffrey Dahmer like his coffee?" Oh no, I'm sorry. Jeffrey Dahmer likes his men like he likes his coffee in the freezer and ground up. <laughs> By the time you've listened to how many episodes will be done so far, you would have this to have is dark. Nineteen. You'd have to have dark humor. This is nineteen. Nineteen. Bam, bam, bam. We've been doing this okay, for almost seven weeks. <laughs> Damn seven weeks. Months. Years. What day is this? I don't know. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> the Twilight Zone. Imagine if you will. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, oh, Susan Smith. got it. 
See, guys, we're trying to keep it light because exactly, we're about to get like into I told some you, shit. We're get some dark shit. So anyway, everybody knows the story. The two kids rolling into the, um, and she. The other big thing too is she blamed it on two black men. That was the other big thing. She's this like young, beautiful white woman, and she said two black men carjacked her and stole her kids and killed her kids and you know whatever. But obviously, that didn't happen. No. What's uh, interesting about her, too, is that she actually did come up from... A, she had a pretty stable home life. Mm-hmm. Very. Um, her father did commit suicide when she was six, and, but she actually attempted suicide at 13 years old. Um, her mother... Her mother... Her mother did marry um, Beverly Russell. It was a member of the local church of the Christian Co- Coalition who molested Susan when she was a teenager. Uh, one newspaper even claimed that sexual relations went on between them until six months before the murders. That's a long time. And that actually, um, that documentary I told you I watched about her on Oxygen. Uh-huh. So that was part of her having that suicide attempt when she was 13. Oh, Because that yeah, was that around the time sense. that it started. Yeah. But she, this is what played into her becoming very sexually confused. She... She has used sex as a tool because of what he did to her and the way he manipulated her her entire life, and she even continues to use it. So she uses the fact that men, she's she's been so manipulated by him, she believes that the only way that men are ever going to feel anything towards her is through sex. So if she can, or any any, she's going to be able to get her way get away with anything, or I should put it this way. She's going to be able to get her way or get away with anything with sex. I will be able to get, like, that's her tool. That's her power. And she started that with him because it did carry on. Even when she was married, anytime she needed money from her stepdad, anything from her stepdad, she would go and have a sexual relationship. She would have sex with him. It carried on for years. Years. Yeah. I need money, Dad. Let's mm-hmm. do the nasty. It's disgusting. Oh no, my God. thank you. Um, she did try suicide again after she graduated. She ended up marrying a man named David Smith, and they had two sons. Um, just pretty much like Becky did say, the relationship was rocky because of infidelity. They did separate many times. Yeah, because so. not only was she sleeping with her stepdad, she was sleeping with just about anybody. I mean, it was. It, yeah. Surprised that they even got married, though, because that would have happened before they got married, so he would have obviously known something well, was going they on. they were very attracted to each other. They were very sexually attracted to each other, and they, you know, right off the bat had a really intense sexual relationship, and <clears throat> when she became pregnant, you know, that she felt that that was kind of their way to, like, oh, okay, well, now we'll, we'll settle down and kind of stop all of our you know, partying and stuff, but obviously it didn't stop. And they were both very young. So not only did he run around and she, she did too. True. So they both yeah. were just kind of like, well, if we're both cheating, whatever. It was very dysfunctional. It had a very dysfunctional relationship. Um, on October 25th, 1994, Smith reported to police her vehicle had been carjacked by a black man who Drove away with her kids still inside. Um, for a few days, she did make this dramatic plea on national TV for the rescue and return. 
Following an intensive investigation, she did confess on November 20, November 3rd, 1994 to letting her car roll into a lake, drowning her kids. This is the part that gets me the most. Her motivation was she wanted to be able to have a relationship with a local wealthy man, and he had no intention of having a family. So she said it was not planned and not in the right state of mind. This guy was actually her boss. Was he married? He yeah. He was I was gonna married. say, wasn't he married? He was married and had a family. This was actually her boss. It was she worked for a company that was family owned, and the owner's son was her manager. And <coughs> she was separated by Dave. Her and David were still legally married at this time, but they were separated. So her and this guy started messing around. And, uh, you know, she was starting to get really deep feelings for him. And uh, he told her, you know, like, no, you need to go back with David and stuff. Well, then she started doing real crazy shit to him, saying that she was going to tell his wife and that um, she was sleeping with his dad and like. Jesus Threatening all these crazy things to him. And he's like... She sounds like a basket case. Exactly. And he's like, no, I'm done with you. I'm done. I don't ever want to see you again. She she started writing him letters. He's like, nope, I'm done. And she just had a complete and total psychotic break. And she thought, well, if I get rid of these kids, that I can be with him. That's what she really, really, really thought. She really thought that. Um, the breakthrough of the case actually came through when she took a polygraph test and described the carjacking location, claiming a traffic light had, uh, turned red, causing her to stop on an empty intersection, but the light would have, um, not turned red for her unless a vehicle was present on the intersecting road. So the light would have only turned red if someone else was there, but she said the intersection was empty. Right. So her story wasn't adding up. Uh, she was diagnosed with dependent personality disorder and major depressant, depressant, she was incarcerated in Columbia, South Carolina, I'm sorry. (laughs) She was diagnosed with major depression. Uh, she was incarcerated in Columbia, South Carolina. During her incarceration, two correctional officers were charged with having sex with her. Then she got moved. Mm-hmm. So just like Becky said, like she probably used that um for something. Could have been like commissary or anything like that. She could have easily used that to get something. And she has not just had sexual uh relationships with guards. She has also had sexual relationships with other female prisoners. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So she doesn't She was literally it An orange is the new said, black character. Se- right. Let's sex, see, who, who would she be? Sex is her weapon. Sex is her weapon. I don't even know who she would be because no one really used sex as their weapon in Orange is the New Black. Or am I just being stupid? Am I missing somebody? Who did that? Someone did that. Someone used... If any of you know, write in. <laughs> somebody used like sex know, as stopped- their... I stopped watching after, like, season three or four. It's ending. It's over this year. Damn it. Everything's ending. Everything. Game of Thrones ended. Avengers ended. Star Wars is ending. Orange is the New Black is ending. That's all I have to say about that. Fuck. But, yeah, so she just... 
Yeah. So it wasn't just prisoners. It was other, like she had to be moved because she was, yeah, because of other she relationships. Was fucking everybody. She was like literally fucking everybody. She even tried to take an ad out on writeaprisoner.com that was retracted. Yes, there is such a thing as writeaprisoner.com. It's actually very popular. Many men and women use it. Oh, well, she was die. literally just fucking everybody she could get she a hold was, of. So. This woman was she un- was riddled with diseases. Real. She was unreal. And what's so crazy is David was willing to. He believed her. He believed everything that he that she said. He was wanting to get back together with her until things started lining. Things weren't lining up, and they ultimately did divorce. And he's since remarried. But yeah. That poor guy. Didn't they, didn't he get remarried and then have a child with the woman and then they divorced? Oh, I don't know. I actually could be thinking about, no, that's, that's, that's her husband. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm getting them confused, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> My bad. That's, okay. that's somebody good. else's husband, not, not hers. Yeah, that's all we got on Susan. Susan didn't really have much, but we just know that she's a fucked up character. Yeah, she's she going around. Had... She what was it going around fucking everybody in the office? She's just like yeah, literally. Like she and what's so crazy is like we said, like she really. I mean, besides her dad, like her her mom, when her dad committed suicide, her mom pretty much checked out. And she was just kind of left up to her own devices. And then by the time her mom met Beverly Russell and remarried, um, and then all of a sudden this guy, and to be a member of a, the Christian coalition and you start having sex with your stepdaughter pretty much right off the bat and continue to have sex with her for years afterwards. First of all, if you're a man and your name is Beverly. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Can we talk about on that? so many levels, first of all. Beverly like, that's is disgusting. not a man's name. No. I've never heard of a man named... I was confused for a minute, too, because I was like, was she gay? <laughs> that's why I said, like, so much happened from the very beginning with her that just lined up with sex. Like, she really was a Susan. With him, having sex dude, she really was a Susan. She was a Susan. She, like... She embodies literally Susan. and figuratively. She was a Susan. Y'all ever seen those memes? Those Susan memes? She was a Susan. She was totally a Susan. Do you want me to do? Go on, move on to Diane Downs. Diane Downs is a piece of shit. Oh yeah, so this is another one that literal no piece one of is shit. gonna feel sorry for. Absolutely, no one is gonna feel sorry for her. Not one freaking bit. Um. Okay, so her given birth name is Elizabeth Diane Fredrickson Downs. Um, she was born in Phoenix, Arizona on August 7th, 1955 to parents Wesley and Willa Dean. She did claim, and again, we have another case of just absolute pathological liars. Um, and I think a lot of it may so be attributed to the fact, I think a lot of these women actually had borderline personality disorder. And I think that it's such a new diet. It was at the time unknown. And even now it's such a new diagnosis that I think that if it was more known of then they would have been diagnosed with it because just like 
the hypersexuality, the lying, the just all of it just true, lines yeah. up all the way around, the depression, all of it. So she claimed that her father abused her as a child. Um, her parents completely denied this, and she actually later recanted it herself. Um, she graduated high school in Phoenix, where she later met her husband, Steve Downs. After high school, she went to uh, Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College in California, um, but she was expelled due to promiscuous behavior. And she returns, which could have really been anything when you're at when you're at a Bible college. Honestly, the more I think so about funny. it, all these like, people are like coming from churches like, and Bible colleges, and you're just like, oh, they're doing the nasty all over the place. So she goes back to living with her parents. Um, she ended up marrying Steve in November of 1973. Uh, she ran away from home. Um, to her, her parents were very controlling, and I'm sure there's a lot of parents out, a lot of teens out there that feel that way about their parents at some point, especially if they're, you know, in a raised in kind of a more religious household as she was. So she would have been 18 by then anyway. Um, and they end up having their first child, Christy Ann, in 1974. Cheryl Lynn followed in 1976. Uh, then they had Stephen Daniel in 1979. Um, the couple divorced in 1980 because Steve thought that Steve and Daniel, known as Danny, was the result of an affair that Diane had. Um, so there again, there's another one, except Steve, unlike uh, Susan Smith's husband, David, Steve was faithful, but Diane was the one that was playing around on him. Crazy quite a bit. AF. Um, so on May 8th, 1982, Downs gave birth to a daughter through surrogacy. She named the child Jennifer before turning her over to her intended parents. Prior to her arrest, Downs was employed by the U.S. Postal Service, uh, where she was assigned mail routes in Cottage Grove, Oregon. Her daughter, Cheryl, reportedly told a neighbor of her grandparents that she was afraid her mother, she was afraid of her mother shortly before her death. So, uh, Yeah. The kids had told neighbors and even told their grandparents that they were terrified of their mom. They were just terrified of her. Just comments comments she would make, things she would say, talking to herself. And this even leads to years later of real strange behavior that she had. Um, so the actual crime took place on May 19th, 1983, when Downs drove uh, to the hospital, uh, Mackenzie Willamette's Hospital in particular, um, in Oregon, um, her three children were shot and she was shot in the arm. Cheryl was already dead when they arrived. Danny was paralyzed from the waist down. Christy had suffered a stroke. Uh, and again, Downs was shot in the arm. It was her left forearm. She claimed that there was a carjacking, again, another carjacking on a rural road by a strange man. Um, and the way she described him was he had like wild, crazy hair, like, and that wasn't like her description kept changing too. So she again, didn't know what he looked couldn't like. stick to her story. She couldn't stick to her story. Um, investigators and hospital workers became really suspicious about her man. Like she was not crying at all. For someone who just found out they that their were, fucking child died and she was fine. She made a comment that how am I going to clean my car? Oh yeah. She said, I got blood all over my new car. 
This was almost immediately after they told her that her child was dead, that Cheryl was dead. And your reaction is, how am I gonna? How get am I gonna get the blood out of my new all car? of this blood? I just bought that car. How am I gonna get all this blood out of my car? I'm sorry. If my child was just fucking shot and killed, I'm not gonna give a fuck about blood in my car. Now she has always said that this was due to shock, but I'm like. No. I would be, I'd, you know, you never know what you're going to do in a situation like that unless you're in it. I understand that, but you're, right. you just lost a child. To me, a reaction like that sounds like she was a nuisance. Oh, She was like, eh, something in her way. Yep. Like she just, it was a, it was something she didn't want. It was just a, uh, what's inconvenience. She was an inconvenience to yep. her. Yep. That's what I hear when I hear, how am I going to get the blood out of my car? Absolutely. Your own goddamn child is an inconvenience to you. Well, then you shouldn't have fucking had her. You shouldn't have had any of your kids. There was birth control available by this time in the 70s. Like, no excuses. Like, absolutely no excuses. Um... So, suspicions continued to heighten around Downs upon arrival at the hospital to visit her children. She phoned Robert Knickerbocker. It was a married man, former co-worker in Arizona, with whom she had been having an affair. Her forensic evidence didn't match her story. There was no blood spatter on the driver's side of the car, nor was there any gunpowder residue on the door or the interior panel. Uh, Knickerbocker had reported to the police that she had actually been stalking him. And that she had made threats to kill his wife if it meant that she could have him. He stated that he was relieved that she had left Oregon and that he was able to reconcile with his wife. Yeah, she pretty much became completely obsessed with this guy and said that she was willing to do anything to be with him. If that meant killing her kids, killing his wife, like literally doing anything that she possibly could do in that moment. She didn't. Okay, sorry about that, guys. Un momento. We had to take a quick commercial Y'all, break. Y'all, I'm having some nose issues today. This Guys, allergies are just ridiculous. It's too much. Pollen count has been ridiculously high, but this is what happens when you live in Ohio. O-H-I-O-K. Fuck you. Um, not that I don't love living in Ohio, but seriously, the allergies, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm totally done. Um, But anyway, so again, yes, she became completely obsessed with this guy um, and literally willing to do anything. Um, And like we said, this is not the first time that she had had an affair. There was another guy uh, that she worked with named Lou Lewiston that she had had an affair with, too, that he had claimed that she just became completely obsessed with him and was stalking him. Um, There is a video on YouTube that we watched. There's a video. If you watch interview, oh my gosh, guys, please on YouTube. If you watch interviews of this woman, there's one in particular where a newscaster interviewed her. And oh my God, if you didn't believe for a second that this woman killed her child and injured her other two kids for and it was just unreal. So there was one part. I'm not sure if it was in that one or another thing that I watched where they showed the cops showing her reenacting the actual crime like when her arm was in the sling so she was trying to show the cops how the guy quote unquote which obviously we know didn't happen swung the door open and she swung the door and busted her arm 
And she went, oh, God, that almost hurt as bad. And she caught herself. And the officer said, looking back, she was going to say, it almost hurt as bad as when I shot myself. But then she caught herself real quick. I was like, oop, I better not say that. And then. And you hear her say it, too. She's like, oop, that almost hurt as bad. And she stops. She stops. And she's, like, laughing about it. She's literally reenacting this traumatic event. Laughing. Laughing about laughing. it. She's laughing about it. And then she does this interview with this newscaster where she said, I'm going to have to, she said, I'll never forget this moment. I'll never forget this day. I have to live with this for the rest of my life. I have a scar on my arm. I couldn't tie my shoes for weeks. Guys, nothing about a child having a stroke, nothing about her son being paralyzed, nothing about her oldest daughter being murdered, nothing. Just, I have a scar on my arm for the rest of my life and I couldn't tie my shoes for weeks. That's what she was more concerned about. And then she later goes on to say that she felt like her children were more lucky than her. Even though one of them died, one and, of them's paralyzed. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you! I'm so... Oh, bless you! There was no stopping that. No, that was that was coming out. That I was, was like, worse. Whew. like I can't hold it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can see it right mm-hmm. here. <laughs> it's not happening. Oh God, the voice inflections. Yeah, so that you can see when I sneeze. It's so funny, guys. Good yeah. Jesus. Like we can see where our voices rise and fall, and like. So I'm sorry having like an attack tonight. I apologize, tried to guys. sneeze away from the. Microphone, so we're sorry if anybody is listening to this on earbuds and they caught a big loud burst of uh Casper sneeze, but uh, it happens. So uh, it was actually Chucky, it wasn't me. Oh, okay, yeah. I see you over there. I see why does I see you over there? Um, so she did not disclose to the police that she actually owned a gun. And it was actually a 22 caliber handgun, which, of course, was the murder weapon. It was the exact same weapon that matched the gun in the crime. Funny. Um, of course. Funny how that works. So investigators later discovered that she had bought the handgun in Arizona. Um, they were, oh, that's right. They were actually unable, I did watch this in the interview as well. They were unable to find the actual weapon, but they had found casings in her home. So she actually had two guns. There was another gun that she had taken the casings from the 22 caliber handgun and put them in this other gun. And obviously those weren't the right casings, but they were the casings that matched the bullets from the murder weapon. So they knew they had. Which was kind of dumb. Right, exactly. That makes no fucking sense to me, but... You know, and of course she tried to turn it around and say, you know, that nothing about the gun, but... Even the guy that she was having the affair with and her husband both said that they knew that she had had this gun. Um, The other thing that was the most damaging, that witnesses say that she was... Okay, so again, you would think that after you've just been shot and your kids have been shot, that you would be full speed to the hospital, right? I mean, literally... She said she was. You'd be running red lights, everything. She said, of course. She said she was. Witnesses said that she was driving very slowly toward the hospital, only about five to seven miles per hour. So again, caught in a total lie. 
You don't think that there's going to be people all around the hospital that are going to see how fast you're driving? Like, what the fuck? Like, so, is this bitch motherfucking coming up here? Is she, she just, just cruising? Like, if you're driving that fucking slow. Right. So, um, based on this and all the additional evidence, she was arrested on February 28th, 1984, nine months after the shooting, and she was charged with one count of murder and two counts of attempted murder and criminal assault. Uh, prosecutors argued that Downs shot her children to be free of them so she could continue her affair with Knickerbocker as she claimed that he had let it be known that he did not want children in his life. Yeah, so he actually didn't have any children. He didn't want kids at all. Sounds familiar. Um, so much of the case against her rested on the testimony of her surviving daughter, Christy, the one who had suffered the, suffered the stroke. So once she had the ability to talk, um, she described in full detail how her mom parked on the side of the road, shot all three kids, and then shot herself in full detail detail she was nine guys nine years old on trial not on trial i'm sorry on the stand on the witness stand nine years old talking about how her mother shot her and her siblings yep so there's a movie that they actually made about this i'll go into the rest of the story it was called small sacrifices it was based on a book Anne Rule, who we actually bring up again, um, tied into Ted Bundy. She wrote the book about Ted Bundy. Yep, she worked with him at the Suicide Center. Um, She wrote this book, Small Sacrifices. They actually turned it into a movie in the 90s with Farrah Fawcett. And there's a really dramatic scene of the little girl. It's similar to what actually happened, but of the little girl giving testimony of her mom shooting her and her siblings and shooting herself. And it just, uh, and obviously there wasn't a dry eye in the courtroom. I couldn't imagine that there would be. Um, she was convicted on all charges on June 17th, 1984 and sentenced to life in prison plus 50 years. Uh, she would serve 25 years before being considered for parole. Um, psychiatrist diagnosed her with narcissistic histrionic and antisocial personality disorder. Uh, most of her sentence was to be served cons- consecutively. The judge made it clear that he had not intend for her to ever be free again. Um, her two surviving children, uh, which would be Christy and what was her son's name? Danny. Oops, Danny. Sorry. Danny. Christy and Danny were both adopted by the lead prosecutor, Fred uh, Hughie. He and his wife uh, adopted Joanne his wife, Joanne, sorry, adopted them in 1986, so not long after uh, she was convicted. Prior to her arrest, um, and this is where a lot of people might also remember seeing footage of her pregnant, like very visibly pregnant in the courtroom. Prior to her arrest, Downs became pregnant with a fifth child and gave birth to a girl who she named Amy Elizabeth a month after her 1984 trial. Um, and ended up finding out that when she... It was some random guy that she slept with. Again, we said that she was a postal worker. It happened to be some random guy that she slept with on her postal route. Um, Ten days after, or ten days before, rather, that she was sentenced, Amy was seized by the state of Oregon, and she was adopted by Chris and Jackie Babcock, and she was renamed Rebecca. And she goes by Becky, actually. 
As an adult, Becky appeared on The Oprah Winfrey Show and on ABC's 2020, which I watched. It's on YouTube. Yep. She discussed how she feels about her biological mother. She wrote to Downs in her younger years and has stated that she regrets it regarding her mother as a monster. So she would write her, and at first, the first letter, Becky had a... I think she had a child very young and then she had another child that she knew she wasn't able to take care of. So she gave that child up for adoption. So she wrote to Diane. She ended up finding out that Diane was her mom. Actually, when a babysitter told her when she was a kid, she found the book, small sacrifices in the library. And then when she was like 15 or 16, she, her and her boyfriend at the time watched the Farrah Fawcett movie. So that's how she find out. So after she gave away her second child for adoption, when she was like in her late teens, early 20s, she decided to write her. She said the first couple of letters were actually very sweet. And Diane said she would send her pictures. And Diane said things like, oh, you have my chin. You know, because she does actually... She says something her. like, don't you hate that? Like, don't you hate that? You have my chin. <laughs> well, then the letters started getting, like, more sinister. And that's when you can tell, like, okay, so she's she's fucking nuts. She said that she was writing to her and saying things that, like, the government was out to get her. If She said that she actually said that she was the one that shot her other kids, that she didn't trust her, that... Just, yeah, they just got more and more and more and more bizarre. Like she, she still to this day completely denies that she shot herself and shot her children. She says that it's some conspiracy against her, that the real people are still out there. I mean, even her though story her daughter witnessed against her, oh she's my God. still like nine I didn't years do old. It. Nine years old in detail gave such a dramatic testimony of the entire event. Yet she still is like, no, they were brainwashed. There's some kind of government conspiracy. But again, she's crazy. I mean, this, I would even stand to say, besides all these other personality disorders, it sounds like she's paranoid schizophrenic or something, because that just doesn't make any sense. It's almost sounding like she's hearing voices and they're telling right, her to say yeah. these things, because it's just, obviously that's not true. No. Like, there's no fucking government conspiracy against you. Like, that's just fucking... Out of all the people in the United States. Exactly. Not that those kind of things don't exist, but to just come after you, bitch? Nah, I don't think so. Um, So she was incarcerated at the Oregon Women's Correctional Center. She escaped on July 11th, 1987. She was recaptured just a few blocks from the prison on July 21st. She received an additional five-year sentence for the escape. After her recapture, she was transferred to the New Jersey Department of Corrections Clinton Correctional Facility for Women at Hugie's arrest. Request. Arrest. Request. Can't talk. We got it. So he's, again, we said he was the lead prosecutor who had adopted her um, two surviving children. So he believed that she was actually trying to come after her kids. So that's why he wanted her to become transferred. Um, the prison was the original prison that she escaped from was located 66 miles from uh, Hughie's home during his her 10 days of freedom. Again, he said that she was afraid that she would try to find him to either kill him or get her children back or kill her children. God only knows what she would have done. So um, despite the significant security upgrades at the women's facility after her escape, state officials did accept his argument uh, that the risk of harm to Christy and Danny in the event of another escape remained too great for her to be incarcerated in Oregon. 
1994, after serving 10 years, she was transferred to the California Department of Corrections. While in prison, she earned an associate degree. In 2010, she was located in the Valley State uh, Prison for Women, um, also in California. But then she was transferred out in 2013 when it was converted into an all-male institute. Um, and then again, I went over the Ann Rule book, Small Sacrifices. Um, so real quick, she had a parole hearing in 2008. Uh, she had another one, of course, that was rejected. She had another one in 2010 that was again denied, and she will not have another parole hearing until next year in 2020, and at that time, she will be 65. I just thought this was really interesting, though, what she said at the first parole hearing in 2008. She said, over the years, I have told you and the rest of the world that a man shot me and my children, and I have never changed my story. So she alternately refers to her assailants as bushy-haired strangers. Two men, at first she said it was one bushy-haired stranger. Then she went on to say it was two wearing ski masks and that they were either drug dealers or corrupt law enforcement officials. Again, going back into this whole government conspiracy thing that she has spun at, spun around. So maybe next, so maybe next year we might be hearing more about oh, her. You never know God. if she hasn't changed her story or gotten any crazier. Oh, no, she's like, I haven't changed my story. So clearly I'm telling the truth. And by this time, too, you know, I've also read that a lot of times when elderly are affected or not treated for paranoid schizophrenia, that it actually contributes to, like, early dementia. Oh, so no. So God only knows what's happening to her mind now. Her so mind has got year, to be fucked. I want to follow this, guys. I probably will. I'll probably try to, if I can make a mental note to look into this next year, like... What happened? Her, her mind has got then. to be so like, fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So again, somebody that I just, I just don't feel sorry for one bit. Yeah. Okay. She's got mental illness. I get it. I got it. But again, I'm, I got no sympathy. You, she, you they, wanted she a man who did didn't yeah. want kids because you wanted to fulfill your own sexual appetite and you gave zero fucks that your kids were standing in the way, so let me kill my kids because they're a nuisance. And I highly encourage you guys to watch the interviews on YouTube. If you can find the 2020 special in particular, the one that you and I watch. It's pretty easy that, to find. That one's the easiest one to watch, and I really liked that one because they talk with her um, youngest daughter and interview her and kind of go through her life because she wrote a book sort of similar in the way to BTK's daughter did. She wrote a book about her experience of being young and, you know, realizing that, you know, just because you're a child of these people, you're not like them. You know, this is your mother, but you're nothing like her. You're never going to be anything like her. And I think it was a good idea that she wrote her and got to witness like, oh my God, she's fucking crazy. Like, I, whatever doubt I had in my mind that I was going to be able to have some type of relationship with her, like, absolutely not. Nope. And apparently, um, and this is just their own choice. Christy and Danny do, don't really have a relationship with Becky. 
from what I've heard. Danny don't... especially stays out of the limelight. He doesn't... Yeah, he wants nothing he to is do with any of it. Private. He literally doesn't want anything to do with any of it. Why Why would you? I wouldn't. Really, I wouldn't honestly. I can understand why Becky did what she did, and I appreciate it. But if I, I, I agree with him, I, you know, this was your mother. Yeah. This was supposed to be the person that's supposed to protect you, and... I wouldn't want anything to do with the limelight. Definitely wouldn't want anything to do with her. No. At Fuck all. Fuck that woman. So Andrea Yates is our final one. And this one is <clears throat> this one I feel so the bad. best one to end <laughs> on because I feel like this one this is the one we had the most information on and this is just This is sad. Guys. This is the most tragic one, I feel. First of all, I want to start by saying postpartum depression is not something to fuck with at all it's real and guys if you know anyone that's had if you yourself have just had a baby or if you know anyone that has just had a baby and if you feel or you feel that they are exhibiting symptoms make sure you get help or they get help in all seriousness. I, I mean, I would say the same thing if it was suicide prevention. It's the same thing. Please. There are signs. There are warning signs. Help them out. First time, especially a first time mom, if you've never had a child before, that can be so rough and you can literally feel like you are failing at everything and you are the worst person in the world. And they need more help than you could ever know. And a lot of people... Don't think it's a real thing, but it is, and it can be very detrimental. You have to look out for them and for their child. So yeah, I'm glad you opened with that because it is. It is a real. You don't thing. fuck with that. It that shit's real. Real thing. I yeah. have someone very close to me who has who has been through it. Just don't don't fuck with it. It's not get help. Get help. And if you know someone that is exhibiting it. Make sure they get help and help them. Guys, even doing something like getting takeout for Little a new time. Little things mom, can go very far, very, very far. I mean, getting her a free massage, you know, just offering to watch the kid for the night. Just anything that you can to help out a friend or a family member that has just had a child, please. Because it's a real thing. It Especially really is. Especially really helpful to throw out babysitting because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you help them just get away for a minute and let them be alone with themselves to be like, it's hard because you feel like your entire life, which it does, you know, your entire life now revolves around this child, but they feel like they can't get any time to themselves and yeah. they're, 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 they're going insane. But mommy needs mommy time. You have to have self-care if you're going to be a great mother and take care of your baby. You have to put you first and take care of you first. So fucking, really I mean, go over there and, and babysit both of them. Babysit the kid and the mom. And if you're a new mom, don't feel bad if there's moments where you just like, God, I just want to throw you out the window. Like, oh, it's okay. There are so many moms out there. That's what happens. You feel so guilty because you literally have these murderous thoughts about your child and you're not going to do them. <laughs> Of all things we're talking about, you're not obviously going to kill your kid, but don't, you know, you, you've reached that there, you're going to get stressed. 
you're gonna you're gonna be like I'm it's done. Okay I can't want to throw this your kid against the wall. I mean, it's like, totally okay. Just don't you're do gonna, it. Don't actually do it. But don't every it, mom but... has had that thought or is going to have that thought, and do not feel bad. Reach out for help. Ask for help. Don't do it by yourself. If people offer, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Take if you're, anything, and offer help. So don't yep. don't think you're super mom and you have to do it all by yourself. You if don't. someone offers help, take it. And if you're the friend or family that see them struggling, put that help out there. If you if you're like us and you know you don't have kids and you know you could help out by watching one night when you're free, you have no idea how much that's doing for them. Honestly, you are literally my sister, a godsend in that My moment. sister and my brother-in-law, guess what I do for their birthday every year? Both of them for their birthdays. I give them a free night of babysitting mm-hmm. where they can go out as a couple and be alone. They fucking eat it up. Now, mind you, my sister. We didn't have kids. My sister has four <laughs> children. God love her. Ten and under. Ten, almost nine, almost seven, and almost four. And they're just so the when I'm like, hey, ever. you get. A night to go out by yourself and I'll watch the kids. I get a joy out of it because I fucking love those kids to death. And they get a joy out of it because they get a night to themselves. Right. Now, my sister's, like, obviously fine. But, like, it's it's still nice for her to get out with her husband. Yeah, guys, I've, I've met them. And they're amazing parents. And I've met those kids. And they just could not ask for better parents. They are just absolutely too wonderful people but they get stressed the fuck out too when they're like I'm about to kill all four of them i'm about to kill them like jackie's told me. like she's like i have sometimes <laughs> where i want to kill them and i'm like that's normal though every mom every mom it's normal totally normal yeah. but anyway so i'm glad we started out with that thank yes. you Cassie. that is that awesome. is a very serious yeah. thing so all right, so clearly this woman had this. Um, oh, by far. Her name was Andrea Yates. She was born in Texas. She was the youngest of five children. She was born to... Is her name pronounced Yuta? Yuta. Yeah. Yuta? Yeah. Karen Kohler. It's very German. The J is, silent. J is pronounced Yeah, I figured y. it wasn't Jutta. <laughs> I was like, there's no way this name is Jutta. No, 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 no. Um, Yuta Karen Kohler and Andrew Emmett Kennedy. She suffered from bulimia during her teen years and suffered from depression at, and suffered from depression. At 17, she spoke to a friend even about suicide. She graduated high school in 82 and was the valedictorian captain of the swim team and officer in the National Honor Society. She completed a two-year nursing program at the University of Houston and graduated from the University of Texas School of Nursing. From 86 to 94, she worked as a registered nurse at the University of Texas, MD. Anderson Anderson Cancer Center. I thought that was a period. It wasn't. So I stopped. You're fine. I totally did, too. I was like, shit, wait a minute. No. <laughs> in, in the summer of 1989, she met Russell, also known as Rusty Yates, and they married in April of 93. Now... Everything I've just said, does that not sound like a completely 100% normal life to you? Completely normal. She literally had bulimia and suffered from depression. Normal things a teenager goes through. Graduated in high school. Completed college. Gets married. 
By the way, guys, she got married 10 days before I was born. Anyways. Well, I was going to say, too, I didn't even throw this out there, that Diane Downs was convicted. It was like five days after I was born. June 17th, 1984. I was like, oh, okay. Yay. April 27th, 1993. I was like, yay. Um, so they wanted as many babies as was allowed. <laughs> That's a lot of babies. And they these some fucking duggers. Oh my goodness. The oh, fucking those, duggers. Those people scare me. Did they actually have 20? They, they scare me. <laughs> I don't know. After I found out the brother was diddling the sisters. Excuse me, I'm sorry. After I found out one of the brothers was diddling the sisters, I checked the fuck out with that family. They're all, they're a fucking cult. They're so goddamn weird. Anyway, um, y'all can think what you want, but that's my opinion on it. It's my podcast. So I'm saying what the fuck I want. Anyway. <laughs> my podcast, I say what the fuck I want. I do what I want. Actually, we can just blame it on Chucky now. <laughs> Chucky's actually saying this. Poor guy. You're like literally the redheaded stepchild. He's literally sitting here doing nothing. <laughs> being such a good boy. He's not doing shit. He's You're such being a, a good, good guy. guy. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they it light. They wanted as many babies as was allowed. About a four bedroom house in Friendswood, Texas. Noah was born, he was the first. He was born in February of 94 just before Rusty accepted a job offer in Florida. By their third child, they did move back to Houston. After their fourth child, Luke, Andrew became very depressed. June of 99, Rusty found her shaking and chewing her fingers. Yeah, she would chew her nails down to nubs to where I they actually would be bleeding. Used to do that. Yeah. Well, that's a natural thing. I've I've known people who have done that with anxiety. Like, oh, yeah, that's natural, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next day, she actually did attempt suicide by overdosing. She was admitted to the hospital and prescribed antidepressants. Soon after her release, she begged Rusty to let her die as she held a knife to her neck. Once again hospitalized, she was given a bunch of medications and started Haldol? Yeah, it's that was a very powerful antipsychotic back in the day. Oh, was it? Like it would almost turn you into a zombie, pretty much a zombie. Yeah, You'd wow, pretty much be a walking zombie. Um, now it did work immediately, and then she was released. Uh, Rusty did move them into a smaller house, and she was temporarily stabilized. In July of '99, she suffered a nervous breakdown, which culminated two suicide attempts and two psychiatric hospitalizations that summer. She was diagnosed with postpartum psychosis. Like I said, that is not something you fuck with. Clearly she is needing, which is crazy because she's actually getting psychiatric help. Well, she would get um, to moments where, like I said, the Haldol would make her in such a zombie-like state that she would get to moments where Rusty felt like it was stabilizing her, but she was just really tired of being in this fog. So there would be moments where she wouldn't take it she wouldn't tell him, but then that's when she would have a break. And that's what culminated in her, you know, ultimately having the nervous breakdown. Right. You know, he, I just want to point out to say, which obviously more of this is going to come out later. He was a very neglectful husband. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to throw it out there. I, you know, I did see a documentary where I read that he, when they first met, um, 
I've and I I me and Casper actually talked about this a little bit because I was not able to find any exact like proof or or what exactly it was. But Rusty was very religious. And I don't know if he would, I don't know what type of religion he was, but like, he did not believe in birth control. He did not believe in, in, in taking birth control. He didn't believe in it, like was totally against it. And even certain things with, uh, Andrea, like not wanting her to wear makeup, not wanting her to cut her hair, not wanting her. So I don't know what kind of religion he was. It must have I'm been. I'm pretty sure that's either Presbyterian or Pentecostal. But, like, he absolutely did not want her to take birth control. Because at the one point that she was actually diagnosed with the postpartum psychosis, um, before they, they had their last daughter, and I know you'll get into this, she um, was urged, she she would, well, actually, even even before this nervous breakdown, I think even... Uh, yeah, even prior to Mary being born and this nervous breakdown, she, a doctor had mentioned, and she was begging Rusty to take birth control. Like she didn't want to have any more kids. And he's like, well, you know, that's against my religion. We can't do that. Yada, yada, yada. So, and he just, he worked all the time and just expected her to stay home and take care of the kids, have dinner ready, ready when he got home. And he just didn't want to hear about it. He just didn't want to hear about it. He was so neglectful of her. Incredibly neglectful of her. It was just really Which disgusting. is really sad. It was really horrible, actually. So, Andrea's first psychiatrist, psychiatrist suggested that they not have any more children as it would, quote-unquote, guarantee future psychotic depression. They ended up having their fifth child seven weeks after her discharge. She stopped taking Haldol in March of 2000 and gave birth to her daughter, Mary. Excuse me, in November of 2000. She was actually doing pretty well until the death of her father in March of 01. She stopped taking meds, mutilated herself, and read the Bible feverishly. She stopped feeding Mary and became so incapacitated that she required immediate hospitalization. In April of 01, she was under a Dr. Mohammed Saeed. She was treated and released. On May 3rd of 01, she went back into a near catatonic state and filled the bathtub in the middle of the day. She later confessed she planned to actually drown the children that day, but decided against it. She was hospitalized the next day, and Dr. Saeed said she probably actually planned to drown herself. As of June 01, Rusty left for work, leaving her alone to watch the children against Dr. Saeed's instructions to supervise her at all times. His mother was scheduled to arrive an hour later to take over for her, and in that hour span, she drowned all five children. It's like they didn't take it seriously. It's It just seemed to me like he never... <laughs> God, he had and so many tiny, doctors tiny, telling him. tiny, tiny amount of time that he left her alone. She killed all five of her children. That's hard to take in, guys. That's hard to take in because this fucker literally didn't listen to the do- what the doctor said. He's probably like, well, my mom was going to be there within the hour. Well, guess what fucking happened in that hour while she was alone? 
She was sick. She was very sick. She did not need to be left alone with those children. Especially when she already had thoughts of killing them. Yeah, she was literally supposed to have... it. There was... His mother was supposed to be over there with her at all times at one point. Not just in this moment when she killed the kids. Like, apparently, after Dr. Saeed had talked to Rusty... There was an agreement where Rusty had agreed to make sure that his mother was there every day that he was at work to stay there with Andrea to make sure that she was okay. Well, that never happened. That never happened. His mom would never come over. She either wouldn't come over or she'd come over late or she just... It was like no one, at least no one on his side of the family, took any of this seriously. I think there's one thing, and I don't know if you touch on it, where his brother actually told him that all she needed was a swift kick in the ass. That'll take care of it. Like... There was just nobody. Nobody was on this woman's side. It's like your husband, the one man who's supposed to... This is why I started out saying this is not something to fuck around with. Mental health is extremely important. It is all the way around, guys. Like I said, with suicides, with... I, I have been suicidal. We both okay? have been suicidal. I'm telling you. There, if somebody hadn't reached out and said, hey, you know, if that angel hadn't say, hey, I got you, fam. Becky Grimlin had checked out a long time ago. You Casper know what I'm saying? Like, so you gotta, you gotta too. make sure you don't, like, look. Don't, just, just. Don't make fun of somebody who's mentally ill. Don't take it lightly. Mental Listen illness to what they have to say. a real thing, guys. It's like, you would never do that to someone with cancer. You would never do it to somebody with diabetes. It is a disease. It is horrible it is debilitating and even more so with postpartum depression not only is it debilitating to them they can't take care of themselves they can't take care of their children so not even for that person think about their kids something like this has happened again and it will continue to happen because People don't, you know, we'd still live in a world where people don't take this seriously and they either don't think it's a real thing or they make fun of it. Or you have these women where they just believe that they don't need help and they think that they're going to be superwoman and do it all by themselves. Sometimes you just can't. And when you need help, take it. It doesn't mean you're weak and it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It doesn't. But yeah, I'm I'm just so upset. This This case pissed me off so much every time. I would watch Rusty Yates in interviews, even to this day when I watch him in interviews. Because I know Oprah has done interviews with him and like, you know, later interviews, like where are they now? You know, because he has since gotten remarried and had children. And every time I look at him, I go, you son of a bitch. Like, are you kidding me? You know, and he has said, well, I don't blame her. And I'm thinking, you're damn right. I blame you. Yeah, I hope I blame you blame him. yourself. This is your fault. This is your fault. Doctors upon doctors upon doctors told you, do not leave her alone. You two don't need to have any more children. She's a danger to herself. She's a danger to these children. How many suicide attempts was it going to take, dude? How many doctors was it going to take telling you? Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, like, it's his fault as far as I'm concerned. Um, this guy did it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, this, this was all... Yeah, you're responsible. This blood is on your hands. 
Um, she laid John, Paul, and Luke in her bed, left Mary floating in the tub, and when Noah asked what was wrong with Mary, she drowned him, left him in the tub, and then put Mary in John's arms on the bed. She then called the police and Rusty, telling him to come home right away. She did confess to drowning all the children. She was immediately found guilty and then sentenced to life, but then pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity and sent to a mental facility. Guys, she did not drown those kids with malicious intent. She had no... She had no want to drown those kids. She she was sick. She was so depressed that all she... She couldn't take care of those children. And I, probably what was going through her mind was how it would be... These kids would be better off dead because I can't care for them. Is probably what was going through her mind. Because she couldn't, just like Becky said, she couldn't take care of herself. How is she going to take care of five children when she can't even take care of herself or do whatever the fuck her husband wanted her to do, which was apparently play housewife when she was literally going through the shit? Yep. Oh, okay, so there is some... I apologize. So there in there is some quick part here, real quick, about Rusty that I did want to mention about his um, religious background. Uh, so again, like I said, he later moved on, you know, and, but they went back and said, you know, he's made up all kinds of excuses saying that it was her medications that the Halidol she was taken off of and she shouldn't have been, even though the side effects that she was having and that there was issues with her hospital stays because of insurance and just excuse after excuse after excuse. Um, so there were media outlets that alleged that, um, there was this, preacher named Michael Warnecke, whom Rusty had met while he was attending college at Auburn, that he bears some responsibility due to his hellfire and brimstone messages and teachings that were found in a newsletter that they received on occasion um, and that was later entered into evidence. So in the aftermath of the 2006 trial and her insanity verdict, Chris Como, who is an ABC uh, journalist, he mentioned that her delusions were fueled by the extreme religious beliefs of the bizarre itinerant street preacher named Michael Warnecke. Um, both Rusty and Michael have rejected these accusations. Rusty said that his family's relationship with the Warneckes was not close and that Warnecke did not cause her delusions. Warnecke maintained that his correspondence with them was the intention of helping them strengthen their marriage and find the love his family had found through Jesus. Both men agreed an alleged connection between his message and her mental state was nothing more than media fiction. While in prison, Yates stated that she considered killing the children for two years and that she thought that she was not a good mother and she claimed her sons were, um, they were improperly developing. So she thought that they may have had some type of mental defect. Um, she told her jail psychiatrist that it was the seventh deadly sin. My children weren't righteous. They stumbled because I was evil. The way I was raising them, they could never be saved. They were doomed to perish in the fire of hell. She told the psychiatrist that Satan influenced her children and that they made them disobedient. Yeah, so he maintained that he, yeah, so the story kind of went back and forth. He said he didn't really know Michael that well. Michael actually 
stated that he was counseling the couple. He was actually helping their marriage, but that he had developed a relationship with Rusty all the way back in the time that he was in college. And this guy had a very strict, the type of preacher that he was. It was a very hellfire and brimstone message and that women were subservient and that if women, men, children didn't follow a certain lecture in his eyes of God that they were just going to burn in hell, just burn in hell. And I don't know if that necessarily had any bearing on her wanting to kill the kids, but I think it did have more of a bearing in the way that Rusty handled certain parts of the marriage. Like I said, in being very controlling of her, no birth control, all of that kind of stuff. Like just, he, and I think that, he wanted her, this is my opinion, I think that he wanted her to stay on the Howl doll because he liked the fact that it made her a fucking zombie. Yeah, because he didn't have to deal with her. So he didn't have to deal with her. Yep, that makes sense. She would just walk around drooling on herself, didn't talk, he didn't have to hear her complain about anything, so he didn't have to fucking be bothered with it. So as soon as that doctor wanted to take her off of it and switch medications, well, then that would that's that was just something that he could blame the murders on. Well, they switched her medicine, so obviously that did it. It's like, no, dude. She has had mental illness very early on. She had, she had an eating disorder. She tried to commit suicide in high school. She was diagnosed with depression when she was in high school. So she's had a history. She's had a history for years. So you already have found someone that you know has had a history of depression. So that makes your likelihood of postpartum depression even greater because you've already got a history of depression from the beginning. So I'm very, the one thing I can say is that I am happy that ultimately that she was convicted and sent to a psychiatric hospital. I'm really glad. I'm, and you know, I mean, people can say whatever they want about not guilty by reason of insanity, but I think for her especially that that was an appropriate verdict. I think so. Yeah, I don't feel like that was malicious at all. Nope. It was not. I think she very much loved her kids. I think she like she said, I think that her mind just completely snapped and I think that once her mind snapped, she felt like she was a horrible mother and that the devil was in her children and whatever type of delusion she could make up at that point because she had just completely lost it. But yeah, I think it, it's Rusty. I think if anybody should be... Fuck you, yeah, Rusty. He's remarried with kids, living his best life. No, he's the one that... He asked oh, no, for a he divorce. did get divorced. Yeah, he did ask yeah, for a divorce. Yeah, this was yeah. the one I, I messed. That's I, right. I mixed up. He he did actually. He asked for a divorce. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely on him. So, good job, man. All right, guys. We know that was pretty heavy subject matter. Let's talk about happy things. Happy things. We hope you guys enjoyed it, though. You know, we really wanted to bring this story to you. We really wanted you guys to know some more information about it. Um, and if anything, with that last story, we wanted to make sure that we put mental health and postpartum depression awareness out there because it's very important. It's very important to the both of us. I'm sure it's very important to you and many people out there. So if you see somebody needs help, help them out. Don't be afraid to ask for help. It doesn't mean you're weak. Give a lending hand. Yes. So, guys, we have one more episode in in June. Oh, my God. In May. <laughs> it's still May. 
It's still May. It's still May. We have uno mas because we had, that's right, we had five episodes this month. Yeah, so this was one of those months where <laughs> there was one, two, three, four, five weeks in the month instead of four. So that's what kind of messed us up a little bit. But next week, we are doing one of the on-locations ghost places. Bobby Mackey's. Damn. A place that I would love to not visit. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, I've gone back and forth for years. And I'm like, I I don't think, I don't, I don't, I, no. I think I've come to the conclusion that I don't want to go because something's going to follow me home. Something, something's going to follow me home from there. And I don't want to deal with it. I really don't want to deal with it. No, bueno. Mm-mm. But guys, our true crime episode for next month is special. Yeah, you guys ain't even ready. It's special. So we decided that um, our first episode in June, we're actually <laughs> going to record... Um, what what are we gonna do? What, so for so do? what we're gonna do because June we're 5th, we're still gonna be doing all of our episodes on Wednesdays, so right. don't worry about that. Um, Wednesdays we are always gonna to, be for podcast guys. We so kind of have that. to work around the schedule with our vacation um, because our vacation starts on a Thursday and ends on a t- Monday. Um, but we are recording our first episode for June on the Saturday before, and then. The second episode that we're recording, um, we're going to be recording for the true crime podcast. It's not going to be necessarily the second episode, but it's going to be the true crime podcast. We haven't worked out the kinks yet, Um, but it is going to be an on-site podcast, and we want you guys to listen very hard to this episode because it's going to be on a haunted location. So well, they know where. You well, they, you guys know, know where we're going. Um, so, um, yep. obviously, our true crime for next week. Week. Fuck me. Next month is going to be Lizzie Borden. Um, we are doing the podcast in the house. We should totally do it at three a.m. You are just really wanting to go there, aren't you? <laughs> just really wanting to go there i mean clearly we're doing it on site um we might not do it at 3 a.m but we will be doing it there um we might try it just depends on how it depends um Um, but definitely listen really really hard put your headphones in yeah please do we're gonna do an evp session during the podcast um so obviously we're not gonna hear it until we play it back which if you guys hear it during like that's gonna that's gonna be so fucking cool like i can't that's just gonna be really cool we'll go through a quick history of of course lizzie borden of course we'll go through a quick history of her her life her family the murders and of course if you hear anything during any of that let us know too yeah like before the evp session because we could very well catch evps and not even be doing anything we just be talking, and should it could we, pick something up. Like I was even thinking, should we like live tweet, or we can't really live tweet because we, we can't, can't live tweet. Yeah, we can't live. No Wi Fi. Yeah, we got a Wi Fi problem in the area, which is why because we said we were gonna do the live, but the internet's an issue, so we can't really do that. But we are gonna record the podcast. We could always go back and re-listen to it ourselves really hard. Yeah. And 
see what we catch and then see what they catch. Yeah, but we what we what our plan is is that, you know, of course if we're we're gonna give you like kind of like a quick backstory and of course if you hear anything during that, definitely make sure you listen. But after that, we're actually going to try to communicate. Like we're gonna try to speak to Lizzie. We are gonna be staying we're actually staying in um Bridget's room. Yep. Which apparently is the most haunted room in the home. Um, so Bridget Bishop was Bridget Bishop. Jesus, that's Salem. Wrong one. Well, we're also going to Salem, Massachusetts. So she was one of the women that was. We are actually going to be doing EVP um, sessions in Salem as well, so in a yeah. cemetery and stuff like that. So you know, of course, like we may even do an episode all about the witch trials, and if we catch anything, we'll throw it in the podcast. Hell, um, you know what? Why don't we? We really should. That's should actually a really good idea. Look at me being off the cuff. Like this. So next, there you go. So I know next month we're definitely doing a Chucky episode. We're doing like a whole oh because of that new fucking Christopher walking on meth with strawberry jam look. (laughs) I just I couldn't resist. I had to do some murders. Then I had to eat my toast with the jam with the strawberry jam. More more cowbell. It's the best Christopher Walken we got, guys. It's like the best. <laughs> He's fucking got bags under his oh, eyes. Oh, that new picture of him looks awful. He's his like, pupils Ugh. are so dilated. I'm like, how He's much so fucking meth fucking out. meth did you do? Like, my God. Oh, my God. So much. All the So meth. we're going to talk about all the Chuckies. It's going to be all about Chucky. All the whole podcast. We're going to talk about all the movies. Talk about the series coming yeah. out. And about the bullshit, that this bullshit is coming. And then we'll do a Salem, we'll do a Witch Trials episode next month. Um, We'll coincide that with the... uh, We'll do some on-site stuff at Salem. And then, of Um, course, our True Crime will be at the Borden House. We'll do a backstory on Lizzie, and then we'll try to do, or we will be doing an EVP session as well. So definitely make sure you listen in to see if you hear anything we're hoping yeah anything at all if you guys if you guys hear anything mark down the time what you heard and then make sure that you post it on twitter instagram facebook wherever you know wherever you post even comment on the um podcast sites whatever you hear and uh the timestamp so we can go back and review it yeah because we're gonna do it anyway but yeah we may even go back and review it we're well we will be recording it that Sunday. So when we release it that Wednesday, we will have already gone back and listened to it. So we might even try, we, we're going to try to timestamp ourselves to, if we hear anything. So we'll put those timestamps out for you guys. And then of course, if you happen to hear anything that we didn't catch timestamp it and reach out to us on our social media platforms and, and let us know. Because, this is going like, to be really cool. I have always wanted to do this, guys. I have always wanted to do some type of EVPs in a haunted location. And I just we're We're going imagine. fucking hard we're right now. We're going hard in the fucking paint. We're not even like, let's go to a cemetery and yeah. be like, hello. We're like, let's go to one of the most fucking haunted houses in the United States. Yeah. And stay in one of the most haunted rooms in this haunted house. And do an EVP session at 3 a.m. Yay! Guys, I'm just excited all the way around. Massachusetts, for such a small state, it's such an amazing state. And there's so much that has happened there. I mean, like, (coughs) Plymouth, and you've got Salem, and 
you know, the Borden home and recreational legalized marijuana and uh, <laughs> and you didn't uh, hear anything <laughs> was that hey! a spirit Chucky was that you <laughs> wait go on keep talking Chucky Chucky like you did Mary Jane <laughs> he was like uh yeah <laughs> This is what Chucky has to say about it. Just love every fucking second of it. Like that. I told you, that's how Chucky gets down, guys. Love it. That motherfucker oh smokes weed. <laughs> Hits the blunt. <laughs> Speaking of which, y'all, the there's a guy that works at a drive-through near here that looks identical to Brad Dorif. Oh my and it God. fucks me up real bad. Like the first time me and my hubby saw him, we're like, whoa, dude. Like, you have to know that that's who you look like. <laughs> like, you have to You're know. one of those people that you look so much like him that you might be him. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it before. Everybody has Well, we twin. drove through there, and then you had said, you said, look at him and tell me who you think he looks like. And we were driving through, and I was like, he looks like Brad Dorif. Yep. And I met Brad Dorf two years ago. So. so, yeah. So, you would know better than anybody. Yeah. So, literally, you wouldn't have to tell somebody, like, doesn't that guy, you'd have to go, who does he look like? And you'd be like, oh, my God, Brad Dorf. Like, that's how much he looks like him. He does. So. But anyway, I had to throw that out there. I was like, Brad Dorf. If I, like, knew him like that, and we could, like, get him to take a picture with the Chucky doll, like, that would be bomb. But. <laughs> I know. I'm like, can we ask him a question? Like, uh. If I paid you like ten dollars, would you just take it? <laughs> if I gave you some money, would you hold this doll for one picture? <laughs> He'd probably be like, "Bitch, what the fuck?" He probably never even seen Chucky. And please he don't even know. give us permission to post it on social media. <laughs> Can I also tag Brad Dorif because your doppelganger is in Ohio with? Chucky. <laughs> Tagging Fiona too. Your like, boys. let your dad see this, please. It's your dad. It's your dad. Yo dad. <laughs> All right, she guys, did it well, from her daddy. She was really nice too. They both were very, very, very cool. She was really quiet, actually. He was more talkative than she was. What was really cool is um they did a panel. And someone got him to do the laugh. And I couldn't get my phone out fast enough, but he did it. I hate that I didn't get to meet them. And I hate that because I hadn't been caught up on the movies yet by then. But him especially because One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like, that was the first movie I ever saw. Well, it was really funny because someone actually told me. um, Well, I, I hadn't seen Colt when they did the panel. I had not seen Colt yet. And someone asked Fiona what it was like to kiss Jennifer Tilly. And I looked over at my friend and said, excuse me? And he was like, yeah, you need to watch Colt. And I was like, Fiona Dorf kisses Jennifer Tilly in Colt, and I have not seen it yet. I was like, well, I'm going home right now. It's time. 
Time to watch. <laughs> Time to go home. Yeah, see, I haven't seen it yet either. So that's what that's what will be fun for me, especially going back for the Chucky episode and watching all of the movies because I'm going to watch them all. I'm going to watch row, all of them, and yeah. I'm that's that will be the best part of it. Be like, what are you doing for the podcast? I gotta go home and watch Chucky. I gotta watch Chucky. (laughs) And I'll even sit through Seed. (sighs) (laughs) You guys know how much I love Chucky, but Seed is... Don Mancini, dude, we still love you. We still love you, man. I loved Bride so goddamn much, One bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch. So he had one... One bad Seed... Didn't spoil the whole series. I love you so much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bring it with the dad jokes. <laughs> of course I did. Already got the dad jokes. Got those. Da- and I love when they talk about the use of the doll and curse of Chucky. They were like, we hated that doll. I was like, he looked fucked up. It looked awful. He looked real bad. And then they went back to the OG in the in cult. And I was like, oh, thank Jesus. Oh, I love. Well, that's what I told you why I love our little dude here because he looks identical to the one in court. I love it. I love it. Just, this takes me so back so much back to my childhood guys. When the first child's play came out and I just, it's amazing to actually see him here. Like it just, it's like, it's nostalgic for me. It's nostalgic. It's so not nostalgic it so for happy. me. It makes just me feel so happy. I wasn't allowed to watch that stuff, but I do have to say that I love this fucker. A lot. I'm a lot. So. I'm was terrified of you then. I'm in love with you now. So a lot has changed. <laughs> it's that red hair and blue eyes. I know a little All right. Oh so Bobby Mackey next week, you guys. Yeah. We'll be talking about some history of the buildings. We'll talk about some of the hauntings um, that has went down there. If you want to brush up on some of your history of it, watch the Ghost Adventures episode. That's a pretty solid episode. They actually oh, yeah. had a couple of them. And I think there's an Aftershocks you can watch, yes. too. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Nick gets possessed, um, in the first time they ever went there. So if you want to watch that episode, that'd be a really good episode to kind of brush up a little bit, um, on that location. So that's what we'll be talking about for our last episode. Also, um, I just want to throw it out there. If anybody has been to Bobby Mackey's, if you yourself are a listener and you've had a paranormal experience at Bobby Mackey's, please, please, please email us. Let us know. What, uh, DFWT... DFWT DFWTO8493.gmail.com. Yep. Please. Please do it. Yeah, by all means. We would love, 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 just like we did our listeners, you know, our episode with the cryptids, we would love to be able to read them on the podcast. Yeah, I would love to hear if anybody's had any experiences there. That would be awesome. Absolutely. If you guys want to do that, please send it in. Um, Our sponsor, would you like to do the theme song? Calm your body down. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh, I have like Chucky do it. <laughs> So, um, Ding. <laughs> thank you, God. Uh, thank you, Mindy. Oh my God, you left the most amazing review on Etsy. God love you, honey. I'm so happy that you loved the bath bombs. You're awesome. Um, there's a new peppermint cream out. If you guys have been following the Instagram page, um, there's also a, something very special coming out. A new product very soon. Um, so again, it's gonna be the very best. Yeah, I'm so excited. The best, the best there the best, the best. ever was. <laughs> 
So, um, I know I didn't do... If I, none of you know what that is, just... You'll figure it out. <laughs> and I totally forgot to do a promo post today. I'll actually do one here in a bit. Um, promo code. Uh, follow at... Don't for... Don't... Don't Um, totally had that moment. Don't... Actually, guys, no. I, like... I have bad knees. I swear to God. Certain of you probably listen to this and you go... How is she so young and falling apart? She's just back problems and everything else. Um, like my knee slipped out. So like right when I was getting ready to say don't fuck, like I stretched She's my like, don't knee. Fuck. And I stretched my knee and I felt my kneecap slip and I was like, don't fuck. <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck. Don't fuck. Fur- <laughs> oh my goodness so um follow at don't fuck with the original on instagram follow at see your bd on instagram and uh enter the promo code dfwto on etsy and you will get free shipping etsy.com slash shop slash calm your body down calm your body down I'll show you need to make sure not to go to Bobby Mackey's. <laughs> Don't go to Bobby Mackey's. Sometimes that is better. I get her every fucking time. <laughs> All right, guys. Social media. If you oh, want to follow us God. on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Don't Fuck With The Original. Twitter handle is DFWTO8811. We are on CastBox, Podcast Player, Podbean, and Spotify at Don't Fuck With The Original. Make sure to follow and subscribe and you get notifications when we come out with new episodes every Wednesday. Oh, shit. Totally forgot. Can't believe I forgot to, to thought like this is like some huge thing. Sorry. Um, we are, another big thing that I was, uh, almost totally forgot. So the, I know you guys have talked about merch, um, one special thing I want to throw out there, anybody that uses the DFWTO coupon code on the Etsy shop, any item that you get with free shipping, you will also get a DFWTO sticker. Um, if you guys have seen the picture posted, um, it's our little I'll do logo. A promo sticker with Yeah, with this it's one. our little logo. Um, if you guys are interested in the sticker, I know some people have said t-shirts, trust me, when we get the Patreon up and running, we will do that. But for now, for the stickers, you will get a free one. Free shipping and a free sticker when you get some bomb-ass bath bombs and bath products. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I know some people would we will have, definitely be interested. We will have this little man do some promos. Yeah, we'll have him like hold a bath bomb and a sticker. Oh my god, I fucking love it! Yay! Done. Done. <laughs> You'll see it. I'll post it tonight. So I think that was that's it. We got everything wrapped up. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yes, we will see you next week for Bobby Mackey. See you.